Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. And I want to talk to you about motive. There's different things that motivate people, uh, but specifically behind all of it is just is just two, and it has to do with it has to do with pleasure and pain. Um, and here's what I mean, just to give an example. When you go and you find yourself sitting down to eat food, are you there because you're hungry? Or are you there because you really enjoy the food? See, one's, one's kind of painful and one's pleasurable. And how you approach each situation like this is changes your, your perspective of it. Um, it changes how you would approach your meal, how you would appreciate it, the kind of food you get. Do you just grab whatever's first or do you wait patiently for what you feel will be a wonderful experience. When a sports team is playing games uh, and they lose, did they lose because they don't enjoy winning or because they don't hate losing? How you approach it changes how you deal with it. It changes your motivation. Did they show up to practice because they thought winning would be a really good idea? Or did they show up to practice because I am not going to lose and I'm going to leave it out, all out on the field? It changes everything. When someone is successful, is their motive for being successful because they want success? Like it would be really cool if this works out. Or is it because they will not stand to not make it? They will not, they cannot comprehend being unsuccessful. I think, I think you're, uh, you're picking up what I'm trying to put down here. So here comes to the heart of my topic. Are we here because we want to go to the good place or are we just trying to avoid the bad place? I think if you do some soul searching, some self-analysis, you can come to a pretty easy conclusion. And after doing some of this self-analysis, I have concluded that more or less, me personally, I'm just trying not to go to the bad place. I am doing the bare minimum. I'm really only putting in enough effort to just keep going. Like I don't I don't want to I don't want to fail, but I'm not really looking to succeed. And I ask myself, as I'm sure some of y'all do too, whenever you're sitting alone and not doing anything, <clears throat> when am I going to get serious? When am I going to actually take this seriously? And this question has weighed on me for a while. And you know what I decide? Later. 
I'm busy right now. I'll get around to it later. In my daily life, as I get up and go to work and come home and do chores around my house and take care of the responsibilities that I have, I don't really put Yahweh first. I know he's there, but he's kind of just in the background. I know he loves me, and I know he wants the best for me, but I kind of just, you know, he's just, you know, whatever. Kind of like a child looks at their parents. Only when something goes wrong do they really start wanting to know where everybody's at. I don't really talk to him unless I'm in need. Not in dire need, but, you know, just like, man, it would be really great if this happened, or it would be really great if that didn't happen. Or That is not, that's not a real healthy relationship. I mean, we have people like that in our lives all around us, and we kind of just avoid those people, don't we? Like, if, if Yahweh was a person that I was friends with, I think he might actually actively try to avoid me because I'm not really... I'm not really giving it in. I'm not, you know, it's kind of one-sided. When am I going to start actively and intentionally living my life for the Heavenly Father? Turn to Matthew 25 and 14. Well, I think I got the wrong verse. Uh, I wrote it down wrong, but the, the verse I want to turn to is the verse of the parables with the, the servants and the talents. He gave, he gave one servant ten, he gave another servant five, and he gave another servant one. And we're all familiar with it. You know, the one with ten made thirty, the one with five made fifteen, and the one with one, he didn't, he didn't do anything. And Yahweh called him, or the, the master called him, an evil and wicked servant. But he didn't, he didn't really do anything wrong, necessarily. He just didn't really do anything right either. He was kind of right there in the middle. And he even explained, he goes, yeah, I know that you're, a, you're, you're someone who, who goes out and reaps what he didn't sow and does all these great things. And he goes, if you knew this, why didn't you just try? Even if you would have failed, I would have looked at you with more respect than, than I do now because you didn't, you didn't do anything. You just kind of was there. Does anybody else feel that way? They're like, they're just kind of there. Revelations uh, 3, 15 through 16. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou would were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That doesn't sound pleasant. I don't, I don't think I want to be spewed out. But why, why can't I do more? Does anybody else ask themselves that question? I want to be with Yahweh. I want to be a servant of the Almighty. So why don't I give more of myself? Is it laziness? Is it selfishness? Is it lack of discipline? All these could potentially be true. John 14 and 15 says, If you love me, Keep my commandments. It seems pretty easy to understand. If you love me, keep my commandments. I mean, we can argue with other people about whether, why they don't do this and why they don't do that, but let's, to 
down to the heart of it, if you love me, keep my commandments. The same thing a parent would say to their children. You know, I've set rules in this house, and you say that you love me, but you go against every rule. Eventually, we're going to kick that child out of our home, aren't we? And maybe we have to wait till they're 18, but we're going to be glad when they're gone. You know. And, you know, and sometimes I think I do. I think I, I think like I do. I don't lie. I don't steal. I keep the Sabbath. I try not to covet. I try to keep the feasts. I do all the things that I feel like I'm supposed to do, but I'm, I'm just kind of existing, though, just doing what's expected of me. I'm not giving it my all. I'm not really trying to get to the good place. I'm just trying to avoid the bad place. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 through 6 says, let's turn there. O hero Israel, Yahweh our Elohim is one. Thou shalt love Yahweh with with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command you this day, shall be in your heart. Matthew 22, Yahshua reiterates these things and says in Matthew 22 and 37, Yahshua said unto him, Thou shalt love Yahweh with... They're talking about the greatest commandments, and Yeshua answered, Thou shalt love Yahweh with thy Elohim with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Mark 12 and 30 reiterates these things. And thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy understanding and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And Luke 10. And 27. And he answered, said, Thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and, and love thy neighbor as thyself. These, these things were commanded to do. All of the commandments you see, you read, can be summed up in these, these words. So it must be a heart condition. But I don't, I don't want to live this way forever. I... I want to change. I want to give more of myself, but it seems, it just seems so difficult. I guess maybe because when you look at the big picture, it seems kind of overwhelming. It's kind of like, kind of like eating an elephant, though. You know, not, I'm not saying go eat elephant, don't do that. But, you know, you look at the entirety of it, and it just seems, I mean, that's, there's no way. But, you know, a wise man said one bite at a time. So one day at a time, let's, I need to do more one day at a time. I don't have to consume the whole thing all at once, but just do a little bit more. Do, do more tomorrow, today than I did yesterday. And if I keep doing more today than I did yesterday, then I should be able to achieve that goal. But as of right now, do I live because I actually want to live to experience life, or am I just trying to avoid death? Here's what I think the problem is. 
I'm after a third option. And I think, I think a lot of the world today is after that same option. We don't, we don't want to be tortured in the lake of fire. No, nobody really wants that. But we're not really wanting to go to the kingdom either because we don't really want to serve someone else. We want a third door where I can just kind of do my thing, be happy, and be left alone. Let's turn to Genesis 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which Yahweh Elohim had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath Elohim said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, Yahweh hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. There's the third option. It started at the beginning. For Yahweh doth not, Yahweh doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be like Yahweh, knowing good and evil. And isn't that the lie that's perpetuated throughout most of Christianity and most of I think religion is that we all we're looking for that that third line. There's two lines. There's you know the bad place, there's the good place and we kind of want to just stay in the middle where we don't do this and we don't do that. We're just we're just happy where we are. The problem is is that third door doesn't actually exist. It's not there. It's imaginary. And if we try to open it, we're going to like run into a wall or something. Like, and be very, very surprised. It's going to be abrupt. But why do we want the third door? What's wrong with the, what's wrong with the other door? Not the, not the bad door, the good door. What's wrong with the good door? Yahweh gives us so many reasons to seek the good door, the good place. To get in that line, to follow him for the sake of following him. To be, to be servants of the, the Most High. He lists out rewards. Like, it's not a bad thing. Matthew 13 and verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hidden in a field, that which, when a man hath found it, he hideth. And for joy, for joy, goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. But imagine there's two fields side by side, and one of them is barren, and the other one has the treasure. We don't, I don't even care about the treasure. I just don't want that other field. Isn't that, isn't that asinine? Isn't that crazy? Like, who wouldn't want the treasure? Who wouldn't want that thing? I'm looking for a third field that's just green, and I don't have to worry about it. I just want to exist and not, not try. Because I, 
I don't know if y'all ever figured, you know, if y'all have ever watched any pirate movies or seen anything, you know, when it, it takes, it takes a lot of effort and time to find treasure and you've got to beat somebody else to it. And then, and there's, there's sword fights. It's really cool. I like pirate movies, but it's still, man, they put in a lot of effort. I don't want to go dig up a treasure. That's hard. That's work. But why not? Why don't I want to dig up a treasure? It's treasure. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? What about Revelations? Let's turn to Revelations 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from Elohim out of the heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacles of Elohim is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they, will, and they shall be of his people, and Elohim himself shall be with them. And he there... And he their Elohim, and he shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of waters of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his Elohim, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the, and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which birdeth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there... There come unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away into the Spirit to have a great and high mountain, and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from Elohim, having the splendor of Elohim. Her light was likened to a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And had a wall great and high, had twelve gates, and the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereon were the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. And on the east gate, on the north gate, and on the south gate, and on the west gate. And the wall of the city had twelve fountains, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and, and the length is a large as the breadth, and he measured the city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs, and the length and the breadth and the height of, of are all equal. And in the measure he the wall thereof, a hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is of the angel, and the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass, and the fountains of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones, the first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third of, I can't read that word, and the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, and the sixth sardius, and the seventh chrysolite, and the eighth beryl, and the ninth of topaz, and the tenth of 
chariots in the eleventh of, you know, and so on and so forth. And the twelve gates were of pearls. And every gate was one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it was transparent glass. Why would I not want that? If you read, I didn't, I didn't really look it up, but if you read what, what happens in the millennial reign, you know, the thousand years of, of peace, we have so much going on in our lives today, you know, wars, not just physical wars, spiritual wars. There's no more war. Why would I not want to be a part of that? Why would I just want to stay in my lane and y'all go do whatever you want? I, don't, I, just, I just want to live happy and not be affected by either side. That is sadly not an option. Matthew 12 and verse 30. He that is not with me is against me, and he that goeth not with me scattereth abroad. Luke 11 and 23. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. There are only two options. There is no third option. Either you're for our Heavenly Father or you're not. That is the lie that we have been told. There is no third door. So I personally need to make up my mind. What am I going to do? How am I going to how am I going to go forward? This is a hard truth to understand or to uncover. It's, some of you have already figured it out. A lot of you probably have. I'm, I'm really talking to the people that haven't. <clears throat> and then why, why wouldn't we want to serve our Elohim? He's, he's amazing. He's wonderful. He takes care of us. He's everything that we could hope or expect from a leader, a father, and a protector, a provider. Let's turn to Psalm 19. The heavens declare the majesty of Elohim, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of this chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit into the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of Yahweh is perfect. It's perfect. Converting the soul, the testimony of Yahweh is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of Yahweh are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eye. The fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of Yahweh are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than they are of gold, yea, they are 
much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warmed, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me thou from the secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to thy sight, O Yahweh, my strength and my redeemer. He gives strength to the weak. Why would we not want to? So why would I not want to be a part of that? You know, you go to work and you complain about horrible bosses and managers and everything like that. Yahweh's not like that. He is the perfect leader. He's the perfect boss. He's the perfect manager. He is. We, we would desire that the people that we come in contact every day would be more like him. And we desire that we would be more like that. There is no good reason not to want to serve our Heavenly Father. And here in the time of the world is today, I feel like we are more pressured into making a decision now than we really ever have been. The world is in a bad place. It's in a bad way. I would dare say that it's on the brink of being worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Our children are under attack with this idea of gender dysphoria. The LGBTQ plus community is running rampant with no restrictions or anything like that. I would dare say that this is one of the worst times in history. And we're living in it. Like, how long can we just sit and mind our own business? I don't think we can. There is no third door. So, in closing, let me ask this question again. Am I trying to get to the good place or am I just trying to avoid the bad place? Are you trying to get to the good place or are you just trying to avoid the bad place? <clears throat> I think the sooner you answer that question, the sooner <clears throat> I think the sooner things clear up real fast. So I hope that I hope these words have been inspired you and motivated you. Thank you.